0: This is AFF On Air, the Australian Frequent Flyer podcast, bringing you the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers.
1: G'day and welcome to this episode of AFF On Air. I'm your host, Matt Groom. Coming up in today's episode, I'm going to discuss the upcoming devaluation of AMEX membership rewards. Are your points affected and what can you do to stop your points from losing their value? And I'm also going to interview Clifford Reichlin, the founder of Australian Frequent Flyer. That's all coming up later in the episode, but first, let's take a look at what's making news on the Australian Frequent Flyer this fortnight. And firstly, Singapore Airlines has announced a raft of changes to its Chris Flyer Frequent Flyer program. From the 24th of January, uh, Singapore Airlines is going to increase the cost of most Singapore Airlines and Silk Air award flights in premium economy, business and first class. And just to give you an example, on the Singapore to Sydney route, a one-way premium economy award is going to increase from 45,000 KrisFlyer miles to 47,000 miles. For business class, it's going to increase from fifty-eight to 62,000 KrisFlyer miles. And first class has an increase of from eighty to 85,000 miles. So modest increases, but increases nonetheless. Uh, now, the good news is there's no changes to economy redemptions or Star Alliance Awards, and this creates an interesting situation from the 24th of January where Star Alliance Awards are going to be cheaper than an equivalent Singapore Airlines or SilkAir Award. And it's worth noting that if you have an award that mixes uh, Singapore Airlines flights with other Star Alliance partners, it's classified as the cheapest Star Alliance Award. And it creates some interesting opportunities there. For example, if you're flying from Sydney to London with Singapore Airlines, it's going to be one price. But it's going to be slightly cheaper if you fly, for example, to Frankfurt with Singapore Airlines and then tack on a Lufthansa flight from Frankfurt to London on the end. There's also going to be changes to Singapore Airlines upgrades. There'll be small price increases across the board from the 24th of January, but there is some good news. It's now possible to upgrade from economy directly to business class, even on uh, aircraft with a premium economy cabin available. So previously, Singapore Airlines only allowed one class upgrades, which made that not possible. There's also been a range of changes that took effect on the 1st of January this year. One of those was that Velocity increased the number of points that are required now to transfer over to KrisFlyer, and the same applies in the opposite direction as well. So the rate at which you can now transfer velocity points to Chris Flyer is now 1.55 to 1, which is up from 1.35 to 1, and that represents around a 15% devaluation on the previous rates. Also, on the 1st of January, Velocity introduced new carrier charges that apply when redeeming velocity points for Virgin Australia flights. The new charge is payable in addition to the genuine government and airport taxes, which are always payable when you redeem your points. The new carrier charges range from $3.50 for a one-way domestic economy reward flight, up to $230 per flight for a business reward seat to or from Los Angeles with Virgin Australia. The new charge also applies to Delta Airlines reward seat bookings on the Sydney to Los Angeles route. And also from the 1st of January, China Southern has left the SkyTeam Alliance. The large Chinese carrier now sees itself without any alliance, But there are rumours it could look to join One World in the near future. There are currently no One World members based in mainland China. Plenty in Star Alliance and SkyTeam, but not in One World. But Hong Kong-based Cathay Pacific would probably like to keep it that way, and they may veto a possible entry of China southern into the One World Alliance, so stay tuned on that one. Thousands of Australians are out of pocket after BestJet, an online travel agency, went bust at the end of last year. There's now a a strange situation where quite a few passengers that booked flights with BestJet between October and December 2018 have had their bookings cancelled by the operating airline, presumably because they haven't received any money from BestJet. But these passengers with cancelled bookings also haven't received a refund. Now, if you're affected, the best course of action appears to be to get a credit card chargeback if you did book by credit card. And finally, some lucky travellers have managed to score first-class tickets on Cathay Pacific from Vietnam to the United States for just $1,800 round-trip, and normally these tickets sell for around $15,000, so that's an excellent deal. And it's all thanks to a mistake fare that was accidentally put out by Cathay Pacific on New Year's Day. And much to everyone's surprise, Cathay Pacific announced shortly afterwards that they will indeed honour these cheap tickets. So well done to anyone who scored that fantastic deal. And that's what's making news this fortnight. For more regular news, updates and deals, be sure to subscribe to the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette or follow Australian Frequent Flyer on Facebook. You can see australianfrequentflyer.com.au for more information. Well, now on to the main topic for today's episode, and this news affects anyone that has an American Express credit card or charge card in Australia. So it was announced towards the end of last year that American Express will make some pretty significant changes to its membership rewards programs from the 15th of April this year. Now, Amex is going to be making changes to both earn rates and burn rates on their credit cards, which uh, on one hand is a double whammy, and also makes it quite confusing to work out what the changes actually are. And this would have to be the biggest shake-up to the Australian credit card reward scene since the RBA interchange rule regulation changes back in July 2017. So you may remember that in 2017 the Reserve Bank introduced these rules which basically restricted the fees that banks can collect, the merchant fees they collect when processing a credit card payment and these reduction in these fees has cut into the bank's margins and as a result pretty much all of the banks in australia reduced the amount of points on offer with their credit cards back in july 2017. now american express was excluded from these particular regulations but what the regulations have done is they've basically changed the competitive landscape in the australian market so Because all of the other card providers, Visa and MasterCard and Diner's Club as well, were forced to reduce the fees they were charging to businesses to accept those card payments, American Express has basically decided to also reduce their fees. And uh, this has done... Basically, in order to increase the acceptance of American Express cards in Australia, so by offering businesses lower interchange fees for accepting American Express cards, they have been able to increase the number of businesses that will accept them. But inevitably, because they are now receiving less money per transaction, it's cut into Amex's profit margins. And of course, it's a business. They want to maintain their profit margins. So hence, the changes that are coming up in April. Now, if you do have an Amex card, it's worth taking some time to have a look at how your particular card is going to be affected because the changes impact different Amex cards in different ways. But generally speaking, earn rates are going to be lower after the 15th of April than they are now. That said, Amex does award points at different rates for for things like spend at restaurants, supermarket spend, travel spend, international spend, that kind of thing. Uh, So there are some variations and exceptions depending on uh, the card you have and the type of spend. But generally, the earn rates are going to be lower going forward, with one key exception being payments to insurance and utility providers on some cards, as well as payments to the ATO or other government payments. Uh, In some cases, they're going to have some modest increases. But generally speaking, the earn rates are going to be lower. Now on their own, the changes in earn rates are somewhat problematic, but there are also changes to the rates at which you redeem your points. And this is important to know because it means that your existing points that you've already earned from spend on the card could be in jeopardy. They could lose their value overnight depending on the type of card and the type of membership rewards account that you'd have. Now it's important to note that if you have an American Express Platinum or Centurion card, your points will your balance will be doubled overnight, basically to compensate for the halving in value of membership rewards points. So basically uh, on the 15th of April, any points that you still have in your in your Amex Ascent Premium account, if you do have a Platinum or Centurion card, should uh, retain the value that they have. So they'll be doubled, they'll be worth half as much, but the balance will be doubled. So you shouldn't lose out. Now, if you have a direct earn Qantas or Velocity card, your points are also safe because they are not being stored in an American Express membership rewards account. They're going straight to Qantas or Velocity, and those points are subject to the whims of uh, Qantas and Virgin Australia, not Amex, so they should be fine as well. And also, if you happen to have a David Jones Amex rewards account, your points should be safe because there are actually no changes to, or no significant changes anyway, to the transfer rates uh, to airlines from the David Jones Amex Rewards accounts. But if you have an American Express Membership Rewards Ascent or a Membership Rewards Gateway account, your points will be affected. And this includes cardholders of Amex Platinum Edge, Amex Explorer, Amex Essential and the Platinum Reserve credit cards. So if you have any of those credit cards and your points are being kept in a Amex Ascent or Amex Gateway rewards account, your points are going to lose their value if you don't redeem them before the 15th of April. So that's something really important to be aware of. So if you have uh, points with one of those accounts, it's worth taking a look at where you can transfer your points out to before the 15th of April in order to retain the value of your existing points. Now, Amex Membership Rewards Ascent and Gateway have nine airline transfer partners and also two hotel programs that you can transfer your points out to. So the airline partners, we've got Virgin Australia Velocity, Singapore Airlines Chris Flyer, Cathay Pacific Asia Miles, Etihad Guest, Emirates Skywards, Malaysia Airlines, and Rich Air New Zealand Airpoints, Thai Airways, Royal Orchid Plus, and the last one is Virgin Atlantic Flying Club. And you've also got two hotel programs that you can transfer those points to. That's Hilton Honors and the new combined Starwood and Marriott program. Now, I wouldn't really recommend transferring your points out to one of those hotel programs, basically because the value is not really very good and of the airline programs you have available i don't really recommend transferring to emirates skywards or malaysia airlines and rich again because they're not the most valuable frequent flyer programs out there points also expire after three years with those programs and uh, i wouldn't i absolutely would not recommend transferring to air new zealand airpoints that's got to be one of the worst value frequent flyer programs that ever existed don't transfer to air new zealand airpoints please (laughs) But three of those programs on that list are actually pretty good programs. So Singapore Airlines' Chris Flyer is one of my personal favorites. Uh, With Chris Flyer, you have some really good value Star Alliance redemptions. Uh, If you're you're redeeming to fly on Singapore Airlines, you also don't pay fuel surcharges. Now, Singapore is unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, increasing redemption rates in uh, about a week's time. But it's still a very good value option. Uh, the award availability is very good. It's easy to book. They have pretty generous routing rules for award bookings in terms of uh, giving you a free stopover on round trip awards and things like that. And Singapore Airlines also has a Star Alliance Round the World Awards. So for 240,000 Chris fly miles, you can fly around the world on Star Alliance Airlines with up to seven stopovers. Now, it's a pretty good value award if that's something you're interested in. Now, one of the big downsides with Chris Fly miles, if you are going to transfer a whole a whole pile of points over there, is that the miles will expire after three years. And that's also the case with Cathay Pacific Asia miles, which is a good one-world option if you want to transfer your points over to a one-world program, which you can then redeem on Qantas or Cathay Pacific itself or other one-world airlines, American Airlines, British Airways, Japan Airlines, and so on. But yeah, with both Chris Fly and Asia miles, the points will expire after three years. So that's a little bit of a downer. Basically it would mean that you have to redeem those points within three years. You don't necessarily have to travel within those three years. So you can redeem the points for travel up to a year in advance or almost a year in advance. So essentially you'd have to travel within four years. But if you have, for example, millions of Amex points, it's probably not a good idea to transfer them all to a program where they're going to expire in three years time. Now, one program that is probably the logical uh, option for most australians is going to be the village in australia velocity it's probably an obvious one but um, if you do have a large balance and you're not sure exactly how you're going to use them yet velocity is probably a safe bet because velocity points won't expire as long as your account is active uh, at least once every two years and by active that means you have to earn or redeem at least one velocity point every two years and if you live in australia that's relatively simple to do you can earn points by filling up petrol at bp or transferring points over from flybys, flybys points which of course you can earn from coals. Even if you're not flying on Virgin Australia, so it's it's pretty easy to do that. Now if you would like to learn more about the upcoming Amex devaluation and how you can prepare for that, I will be hosting a webinar next week where I'll take an in-depth look at the changes and how you can minimize your losses. And even if your points are not being retrospectively devalued, the webinar will also look at strategies to maximise your points earning after the changes. So is Amex still going to be the best option after the 15th of April for earning points in Australia, or are there now better options? Now, this webinar will be presented uh, by me over at Frequent Flyer Solutions, which is our sister website, and it will take place on Wednesday, the 23rd of January at 8pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time. If you'd like more information or you'd like to register for the webinar, you can head over to frequentflyer.com.au or check out the link in the episode notes. Well, we're going to take a short break now. After the break, I'll be joined by Clifford Reichlin, the founder of Australian Frequent Flyer. You may have seen him if you're a member on the Australian Frequent Flyer forum as admin. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: Hi, this is Clifford Reichlin, founder of the Australian Frequent Flyer. I trust you're enjoying this episode of AFF on Air. Matt does a great job, doesn't he? Do you know that you can tap directly into Matt's knowledge at Frequent Flyer Solutions, our premium service? Go to frequentflyer.com.au for more information.
1: Welcome back to the AFF On Air podcast. I'm joined now by the owner of Australian Frequent Flyer, the man himself, Clifford Reichlin. Welcome, Clifford.
0: Hi, Matt. Thank you very much. Good to be here.
1: Thanks for being here. So you started Australian Frequent Flyer back in 1998, which is a bit over 20 years ago. I know AFF had its its 20th anniversary last year. So what made you want to start AFF back in 1998?
0: Well... um... I guess to keep it short, um, I wanted to escape the corporate world. I'd been working as a IT management consultant for about 10 years. And um, to be honest, I was a bit disillusioned. I was looking for a way out of the corporate world. Being a consultant, I, I traveled a lot and and I noticed how my colleagues and myself were completely obsessed with frequent flyer points. Remember, this was 20 years ago, before um, really before the internet, or well, the internet is just becoming mainstream. And um, the airline's websites were pretty basic. So I saw the opportunity to provide a um, web-based online service for frequent flyers and um, also a way of leaving the, the, the corporate world. So um, hence I started um, AFF back in August
1: 1998. Wow. So yeah, um, over 20 years ago. And who, uh, who were you working for before you started AFF?
0: well um as you can probably tell from my accent i'm originally south african um in south africa i worked for for anderson consulting um then in australia my first job in australia which was i guess 28 years ago was with with, and with anset, where, anset yes, and that's where are. With answered yes of course yes, they, yes. they went out of
1: business not long after um, aff started and i mean since then we've had what virgin came along and uh tiger and jetstar Com- so it's completely and different. compass
0: and compass Mach one and Mach two were there as well in those days yeah, so it's yes, quite a different landscape back then. Um, unfortunately, I left Ansett before it went down, so I never got a package. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> I hope unfortunate. you didn't any miles with Ansett. Uh, not many. Screwed around by that. No, 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 no. I had no global rewards um, miles, thankfully. Um, Ansett were pretty generous and when I left, I, I I could use my corporate travel for, I think, up to 12 months after leaving Ansett. Oh, so I, 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 and I had I did a couple of trips um um, yeah, with with my Ansett stock discount, which um, was pretty good in those days.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I know my some of my family members got, got screwed around by that. My grandparents had purchased a Lifetime Golden Wing Club membership for Ansett about a year before they collapsed. So, oh, yes. so uh, it just goes to show you it's the lifetime of the airline, not your lifetime. Some of these that's
0: right. <laughs> absolutely, um, absolutely. actually unfortunate, yeah, yeah it's unfortunate. Um, but you know, often I have to answer that I worked for another um, consult, another US-based consulting consulting company called AT Kearney, and that's um, that was my last paid job before um, before doing AFF.
1: All right. Okay. So tell me about AFF back in nineteen ninety-eight. I guess it looked a little bit different to um, how it looks today. Was it always a forum, or what was it like when when it started out?
0: Okay, that's a good question. Um, in short, no, it wasn't a forum. Um, Initially, it was um, simply an online tool to work out how many points you needed to go from A to B. Back in those days, the airlines had, had no functionality on their websites, and um, nobody really was providing this information. So I created a pretty simple um, application. It was a, a database with, um, populated by the, um, by the tables which the airlines published on paper, and I copied them all into a big database, and I um, oh, wrote them. Back
1: before they had the calculators and all those kind of things. Oh uh,
0: yes, yes, these, these are brochures you'd get in the mail, which would tell you how many points you needed to go from Sydney to London or whatever. And you know, um, so I just I, I compiled them all, put them in a um, kind of a logical format, put them into the database, wrote a query to um, interrogate the database, to, to give you the answer you wanted, and put it online. In, in those days, you know, it was pretty much the wild west out there. You know, the, the web was pretty much the wild west. And um, and you can do that. You can do that. You can do those kinds of things. And as I say, nobody else was doing it at the time, so um, so we were the only ones doing it. Yeah. And so, how how did AFF then become a forum? Okay, because what actually happened was things changed. The airlines got more sophisticated, and slowly they started putting on new functionality onto the onto websites. So within a year or two, um, they had that functionality plus much more. On, you know, on the on the quantus and on the ANSID um, website, so I had to look for something else. And this would have been about two years after we started AFF, so it would have been about two thousand. And social media hadn't really taken off, but there were um, something called discussion. Uh, what are they called? Um, uh, they weren't called forums. They were called uh, bulletin boards. They were called, they were called bulletin boards. That's right. And um, so I found a um, an add-on which you can sim- simply plug onto the website. It was a bulletin board which facilitated discussion. And I put it up to see, to see what happens. And much to my surprise, um, it really took off. People embraced it and started communicating on this bulletin board. I then replaced the, the, this free add-on with a couple of versions, this first something called um, PHPBB and then vBulletin and, of course, now Zenfora. So we use, so we're using more and more sophisticated software to facilitate the discussion board. And then it would have been about 2003, 2004, where the discussion board basically replace the whole of AFF. basically what AFF is now is the discussion board plus the editorial articles but really you know, the, the, the lifeblood of AFF is the, is the discussion board and that became the that became you know um, um, that became the issue in, in 2002 or so
1: yeah and it's definitely a useful resource um, even still today and so um Clifford
0: what's your role these days at AFF well, Matt, as you know, I have some excellent staff, so I don't do everything myself anymore. Um, back, you know, back in the early days, you know, I, I did pretty much everything. Um, now, um, I, I'm still very active, um, particularly on the, I guess, the on the commercial and the strategic level. Much of the day-to-day running I leave to yourself and um, and our other staff. Um, but I think what one needs to realize is that a lot goes on behind the scenes. Um which needs to be managed and um, the fact that this is invisible to most members means that we're doing a good job so just because things look to be going smoothly doesn't mean to say that um, there's not a lot of work going on behind the scenes to keep it all ticking over. Yeah, and,
1: and uh, what people may not realise is there is there is a quite a large team behind AFF. There's six moderators, um, and also we've got Sam who does the technical support, and the moderators do a fantastic job of keeping the forum civilized and keeping keeping people on topic and things like that.
0: But I just wanted to um, give another shout out to the moderators because sure. that really is the I guess the secret to 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 AFF's success. I think. Um, Actually, there are two factors, really. It's the fact that we're a great community, and that's really everybody's listening to this podcast. You, you all know that we're, be a, we're a warm, welcoming, embracing, and helpful community. Definitely, yeah. So that's one major factor. And the other, even more major factor, if you can say that, are our, are our six fantastic moderators. Um, you know, the, the moderation team's grown from, from three. To, to six now, and um, really, you know, AFF wouldn't be what it is without these moderators, and um, these are all volunteer positions, and I'm really very grateful to them, and I'm sure, you know, all our communities as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely, and so um, you obviously like to travel a lot, so tell me about the most recent trip you've done.
0: Okay, well, the most recent one, I get, from an AFF perspective, would be pretty boring. It was a point-to-point trip from Melbourne to Christchurch um, over the Christmas break, we travelled on jetstar. Um, oh no!
1: <laughs> so, uh, so sometimes,
0: so sometimes the trip about the destination, not the journey. Yeah. <laughs> so in this case, it was certainly about the destination. It definitely wasn't the journey. Yeah, we had a fantastic time. My partner, she's from um, New Zealand originally, and you know we spent Christmas with the family. We then went up north, or to the north of the South Island. We did a bit of whale watching in Kaikoura, um, which was a bit of a disaster because there were um, choppy waters, no whales, and everybody got sick. So it wasn't the, well, it wasn't the kind of you know the experience we we were hoping for, but we, but we still had fun. Um, I think the highlight of the trip really was we did a tramp, which is what the Kiwis call a bushwalk. Okay, so we did this bushwalk yeah, funny terms over there. That's right, that's right, tramp and you know, some real jandals. strange words, but gendle. That's the looking for jandles and um, yeah. Anyway, so we did this, this bushwalk through the Marlborough Sounds. Um, um it was quite quite spectacular we, we took a ferry out from a place called Picton and then um spent the next four days walk, walking on the clifftops overlooking the sands each night we walked down from the clifftop into a port where we'd spend the night and the next day we'd climb up again and continue walking so it was really it was, it was probably a bit tougher than i thought it was yeah, it going to be it was great
1: but very tiring
0: it was tiring yeah it was really tiring at the end of the day you you, you know you knew you'd you'd um you'd walked a bit and um yeah, we, we sleep very well each night, put it that
1: way. Yeah, that no, sounds good. So, just, just to wrap things up, I'd like to ask some some sort of quick fire questions to get them to know you a little bit better. Uh, so, the first one would be um, What's your favourite
0: airline and, and why?
1: I'll pass on that one.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> no favourites. So, you know, because my travel is self funded, I usually travel in Why? I don't believe there's a big difference. Yeah, sorry, sorry. In the economy cabin, I don't believe there's a big difference in the economy cabin um, in most full-service airlines. Okay, so there there isn't that much difference. Um, But that said, um, uh, I think I do appreciate the safety and the consistency of of Qantas, if nothing else.
1: Okay, fair enough. And uh, favorite frequent flyer program?
0: Um, These days, I use Qantas, United Mileage Plus and American Airlines Advantage.
1: Okay. Uh, Favorite destination?
0: Ah, uh, Cape Town. I'm originally from Cape Town, and I do tend to go there once or twice a year. Um, I think if anybody hasn't been there, I really recommend it. It's um, it's a great tourist destination, beautiful city, great food, um, really affordable, friendly people. Yeah, just be a bit, you need to be a bit um, conscious on you know about security. But yeah, once you've got your head around that, it's a fantastic destination.
1: Yeah, no, totally agree. I Love Cape Town. Um, do you have a favourite credit
0: card? Well, I've, I, I've got a free-for-life Citibank signature card, um, which is my only real permanent card. Um, then I tend to churn to other cards, taking advantage of you know of the various sign-up bonuses on offer. Um, currently, I'm using the West Bank Business Choice Rewards Visa card for business expenses. Okay. And, and of course, I use then, I use, then when, I, when I use foreign ex, foreign exchange transactions, I use Twenty Eight Degrees or the Citibank debit card. Uh, but yeah, all that's on it. All, yeah. all
1: great cards. And the Citibank, um, the free, free for life. And I think it comes with a couple of priority pass visits, the lounge visits per year. So that's not a bad thing if you're not paying anything.
0: That's right, yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 uh, they keep devaluing the program. But, um, yeah, as I say, you know, it doesn't cost anything. And we, we do get the the free passes. So it's it's a good deal. I think that's a
1: great deal to be grandfathered into. Um, yes. What's, what do you think is the best airline or frequent flyer promotion that you've been able to take advantage of over the years?
0: Um... Probably the old Dividend Miles program. When, oh, uh, no, if, that was a good you know, one. That was a good one. A couple of years USA back. was not it? That's right. That's right. That's US, just prior to the merger of USA and um, American Airlines, um, USA were trying to um, firm up their balance sheet. So they were basically flogging their miles, their dividend miles. Um, and also at that time, the Aussie dollar was really strong, was on, on parity with the US dollar. So um yeah, I bought thousands of dollars worth of dividend miles, which post merger converted into um, to American Airlines miles, Advantage miles, which are then used to travel on Qantas um, you know international business. So that's probably the best. That's probably the best um, use yeah, that's, I've that's had. A perfect storm, isn't it? Yeah, selling yeah. off
1: the miles really cheap. the The U.S. dollar was strong, and I think that was also back when Qantas business class to South Africa was only fifty thousand Advantage miles. I think they've put it up that's recently. Right.
0: That's right. That's right. Basically, I'd fly back to Cape Town or back to Johannesburg um, using using these miles for pretty much the same price as I would have paid in economy, but I was travelling business class. So it's it's, much better than that. Yeah, certainly a good deal. Yes. Yeah, definitely.
1: And uh, last question: What would be your number one piece of advice for travellers?
0: To pack light. I mean, I think there's there's, (laughs) if you can use cabin luggage only. Um, I
1: think we have an acronym on AFF: HLO for hand luggage only.
0: That's right, because it makes a hell of a difference. You know you, we, we, once you have checked in luggage, everything changes and and the complexity you know um rises up dramatically.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay. well, thank you very much for your time, Clifford, thanks for being here.
0: No problem. thanks, Matt.
1: I hope that you enjoyed that interview. That just about brings me to the end of this episodes. Now, in future episodes, I'm planning to finish up with a segment called Ask Matt, and this is where you will have the opportunity to ask me anything related to travel, and I'll answer your questions on air. And you can ask me pretty much anything relating to travel for this section. It could be advice on frequent flyer points, credit cards, status matches, getting cheap airfares, award flights, hotels, pretty much anything related to travel, actually. And I'll do my best to answer as many of your questions as best I can each fortnight. Now, if you would like to submit a question for the next episode for Ask Matt, you can ask on our dedicated Ask Matt thread on the Australian Frequent Flyer Forum. You will find a link to this thread in the episode notes. And also, you can find this thread in the AFF On Air podcast forum on our website. So, this is located in the community resources section uh, right under the travel news forum on the Australian Frequent Flyer Forum. And I'm looking forward to reading and answering your questions. That's it for this episode of AFF On Air. Thank you so much for listening. For more information about anything discussed in today's episode, you can check out the episode notes or visit AustralianFrequentFlyer.com.au. In the episode notes, you will also find a link to an AFF thread where you can discuss today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would really appreciate if you would consider subscribing, leaving a comment or leaving a rating. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Android, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, so you can find it wherever you normally find great podcasts, and you can also subscribe if you like by email. Now, by subscribing or leaving a review on uh, your preferred podcast platform, you'll help us a lot to reach more people, so I would really appreciate if you could do that. Otherwise, I'm Matt Graham, and I'll be back next fortnight with more news, tips, and tricks for Australian travellers. Until then, happy flying.